Welcome to another edition of TSC Music's Music with a Mission, where our purpose is to perpetuate and promote the Christian and positive idea through the medium of music and other arts. We are delighted to be in the studio today. Dave Ham to my left. Hey, Greg. On the, uh, I always want to call it the Wheels of Steel. It's just so <laughs> a flashback, but he's not teaching. <laughs> Harry Vaughn on the control booth over there. And, of course, Jesse Carrasco, our project manager with us. Our guest today goes by the name of Mr. Brother Professor, Doctor, uh, <laughs> Reverend, Honorable, no, Conrad Robinson. Robinson, and so we're glad to have him. We're going to pick his brain. We're going to hear his heart. Uh, he has poured into countless artists. Uh, in the Christian community over the years, and the secular community for that matter. Yeah. Uh, he's been a pillar in the uh, Christian community in the New York City area, and I'm sure around the area and probably other states as well. We're going to find out about that. We're going to hear from him. He's going to sing for us. He might even play for us. He might even tap dance today. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to hear from this phenomenal talent and, of course, learn from his experience right here on TSC Music with the Mission. Don't go away. We'll be right back. The adult and youth praise choirs are just two of the many ministries that make up TSC Music. We're also looking for volunteers in other areas of music ministry. Are you a musician, an actor or singer, a video editor or an audio engineer? Perhaps you're great at learning song lyrics and quick on the computer, then projection ministry could be the place for you. Or maybe you enjoy meeting new people and talking with them about music. Then you'd fit right in with our sales team. If you're a music lover looking to find your place to serve, we invite you to apply online. Visit the website, tscnyc.org, and click on Get Involved. Church is offering a training course in authentic Christian leadership, taught by Dr. Lamar Vest. The training is open to pastors, church and ministry leaders, as well as those who play a key role in discipling and mentoring within the church. The six-part course will take place on Wednesday evenings once a month from May through October, with the first session on May 22nd. The course is free, but registration is required for all who wish to attend. The sessions will also be webcast live on our website at tscnyc.org. For more information and to register online, visit tscnyc.org. I believe we're going to see a tremendous loss of much of what we've held dear in this country. And people are going to be somewhat afraid of their future. It's so important that we be prepared for the days that are coming upon us. In order to receive the life-giving power from the Spirit of Christ, sometimes we need to go through certain things so that we will not be moved or shaken when unexpected circumstances in our lives arise. Now there is a preparation time so that in the future when things fall apart, um, I can't stand, I can't be unshakable. Unshakable was not about how unshakable I could be, but about the fact that it is the same God who was not unshakable, who's been unshakable through eternity and will continue to be unshakable until the day I see His face. I'm starting to try to not complain in the midst of my trial and suffering and to understand the concept that God has counted me worthy of suffering for His glory. This book kind of refocuses 
everything. And it just reminds you again that we are in a battle, but at the end of this battle, we win. Read Unshakable if you're disheartened in the way you feel society is headed. Um, it'll give you encouragement um, to draw from it uh, a strength to get through and also be a strength for others. In my heart, it's about getting the message out and that people are ready for the days that are coming. It's only in Christ that we can be unshakable in the coming season. Order your copy of Unshakable by Carter Conlon at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, CBD.com, or TSCNYC.org. All royalties from the sale of this book will go into a fund for the alleviation of human suffering. And we're back. I'm Greg Thomas, here with Dave Ham and our guest, Conrad Robinson. I almost said Conrad Murray. I- <laughs> Don't know many Conrads, yeah. but when you hear one in the news, it's like, ah, mm. uh, kind of sticks. Makes hope for him, too, though. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. We're so glad to have you, man. Thank, Thank you. We've been trying to get you in here for a few months now. Thank you for having me. And we're so glad you uh, made yourself available to us. Tell us, tell our guests who Conrad Robinson is. I mean, you, you are obviously a vocal trainer, a musician, a singer, a worship leader. You've done some pastoring. You're, you're a leader. Mm-hmm. You've done a lot of things. You want a lot of hats. Tell us who you are today and then take us back. Well, I just want to say what excites me. Um, what excites me is, is, is just bringing like the real gospel to people, uh, in, in various forms and in various environments. Uh, Conrad Robinson uh, is, is a regular guy who love, happens to love Jesus and has been placed in some wonderful positions to impact a few people. You know, I work uh, primarily in the music industry. Uh, I worked in the secular music industry for quite some time, still currently involved with that. Um, work with some well-known artists, managed a couple of well, well-known artists. Um and I, I just believe that God has placed me there so I can just kind of like be a light mm-hmm. in, in those situations. Uh, been a choir singer, director uh, for a number of choirs at, at Brooklyn Tabernacle, uh, uh, currently at Harvest Field Community Church, a number of choirs in the Bronx. I, I teach them vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a vocal coach uh, for a number of record labels, uh, work with uh Discovered and worked with Alicia Keys for about 17 years. Wow. She's been my artist since she was 13 years old and had the pleasure of sharing Christ with, with her mm-hmm. and praying that the seeds that I planted, somebody comes along in waters, but God yeah. is doing some stuff in her life. Phenomenal um, talent. Uh, vocal coach and worked with Mary J. Blige and been on tour with R. Kelly and a few others. So I've made the rounds and then I've had the pleasure of recording with the BT Choir for about 12 years uh-huh. and you know love that experience learned a lot with Carol Simbola and the crew over there right. um, I'm also the director for a not-for-profit youth program which is called Teens in Motion Teens and, in Motion and, yeah and we work with at, at-risk youth and we service about 200 kids mm-hmm. uh, and the program has been running since 1995 and we've had about 8,000 kids have come through that program, wow. and, and wow. God has done some beautiful things with that also. So this, I've done a lot. Yeah, and one yeah. last thing, I, I'm, I'm very involved in the Jewish community now. I've picked up as a, as a vocal client a, a young woman named Neshama Kalabach, mm-hmm. and her father is Shlomo Kalabach, 
and he's the Michael Jackson, was the Michael Jackson of the Jewish community. Wow. If you Google his name, you'll see that. And he's oh. actually changed the Jewish community. And so I've gotten the opportunity to vocal coach her and be involved in quite a few of their affairs, the Jewish affairs, the Orthodox Jews. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are trying to do some cross, I don't want to say culture, but they want to cross religious lines and do some music to try to bring a, a common theme to the world, which is talking about peace. Uh-huh. So me sitting there with them, I've had the opportunity to share my faith right. with those people, mm. with some ambassadors from the United Nations, particularly the French community, and to share Christ and, and, and lift up his name in the presence How of those awesome people. How awesome is that? <laughs> so God, God has been wonderful, and, and I thank God for what he's doing in my life and the doors that he's opening up. Cool. Now, when did it start for you? Because that's a whole lot. Yeah, That's a whole lot that you're doing, mm-hmm. <laughs> a whole lot you've done and a whole lot you're doing. When did it start for you? What, what, how did you start in this whole music thing? Um, I don't know if you remember Uptown Records. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a long time ago. Uh, showing your age. I was probably it? three. Yeah, but, uh. okay. <laughs> I, I was singing with the, with the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir for a while, but uh, my brother was uh, went to school with the, uh, the original uh people that started Uptown Records uh-huh. up in the Bronx and Lehman College. And so I grew up kind of like in the gang era. And uh, some of those brothers, uh, they, they started that label with an artist named Heavy D and mm-hmm. a few others. And they were looking for some singers and some songwriters. And so I tapped into the people at Brooklyn Tab that did music. And at first we started writing songs and playing on their tracks. Mm-hmm. And it kind of translated into finding singers for them. And so we would go to the PALs and local communities and centers, and we found artists for them. So I kind of started there doing music stuff mm-hmm. with, with those guys, and it kind of it just went from there. I found, at first I was singing, but I discovered I had an ear for harmony and I had a passion for it. And, and so uh, people started calling me to do arrangements and work with their groups and their choirs and so God this wasn't something you pursued thing. as a profession? Not at all. I was, working, I was working as a guidance counselor for the Board of Education. Wow. And so oh. I wasn't doing that at all. Okay. I was just happy to be have an opportunity to sing with the sure. choir at Brooklyn Tabernacle. Right. And, and so was this, was a side, this was a hobby for you at first. It was a hobby at first. And yeah. it ultimately turned into work slash ministry. You know, it's funny because in the secular music industry a lot of stuff goes on Mm -hmm. and I find myself in in, in an environment where there's weed and drinking and stuff like that and here's the Christian guy and I'm sitting there Mm. and then I'm I'm excusing myself from the room and there's a lot of conversations going on and people are talking about various things and they're wondering how come Conrad is not getting involved in these conversations and after a while we'll be like what's different about this guy Mm -hmm. and then that would turn into uh could you tell us what you're involved with? And I never would preach. Mm-hmm. I would just sit there and watch. Right. And then they would come and start sharing their problems. And then I would, that was the moment where I could share Christ. The door was open. And the door was open. And after a while, someone would just drift my way and they want to hear more. And I find myself praying with them and counseling them and just loving them the way Christ would want me to love them. And, it so just you took can live it and not have to always you interrupt. Be a living yeah. epistle. The you could be a living epistle, and people will see it, Absolutely. and they'll see the light. And I don't know. I guess that became contagious, and people just wanted me around. I didn't think I was very good with the vocal stuff, but they would invite me to come to their 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 events or ask me to come and help with their artists, and mm-hmm. I would find myself in different environments. And 
you know, I guess Christ was attractive in me and yeah, yeah. and they were drawn to it. And so But at some point you did realize you were good at it. Yes. When yes, was that? Yes. Um I just started seeing the response and it I started seeing the response of people to what I what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And then I really started listening to what I was doing. And then I started studying what I was trying to do mm. and and applying it to what they were doing. Yeah, good. And I took my gospel root stuff and I just brought it to the secular industry. Mm. And um, I was like, wow, this stuff, is, this stuff sounds pretty good. And um, again, you know, all that stuff is, is all Christ. And, and he was just flowing through me at the time. Right. And so I, I, I won't even say that I was good at it. I know he was good at what he was doing, and I was just willing to be used. He's a good enabler, huh? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> he was just flowing, and I thank God for what you he know, was if doing. You, if you were willing to be the glove, yes. you know, and let yes. him just kind of yes. f- fill you. Yeah, God, you know? just take control, just do your thing. And he was yeah. doing it. He was That's doing awesome. it big. He was doing it big. It's like your, your story and your life is uh, like a testimony to uh, that simple proverb that your gifts will make room for you Amen. and bring you before great men. Mm. Um, that's, that's, that's your life. Like walking out and living out your gifts. I think I was just trying to be available. Dude. Yeah. And honestly, my, my passion wasn't really that, uh, working with those people. My passion was kind of more about working with in the South Bronx with when I was a guidance counselor, um, I really got upset within the board of education system because a lot of the kids were being put in special ed, a lot of the urban kids, mm-hmm. be, for the simplest things. And mm-hmm. I would sit in something called the Pupil Personnel Committee meeting, and I would just watch them say, little Johnny's acting up. I think it's, it's sad, too, because maybe his father's in jail or the mother's on drugs or crack or all this stuff, mm-hmm. and they would immediately be pushed into a special ed system. Mm-hmm. And then one one teacher took a piece of paper and balled it up and said, once these kids get out here in the streets and, they, and their parents mess up their lives, they like this piece of paper that I balled up and she threw it in the garbage, mm. right? And it brought to my mind throwaway kids. And so I started the program Teens in Motion after school. I would stay in the schoolyard from 3.30 to 8 o'clock at night, and I would do drama with the kids and musicals. And I would take uh, The Wiz and I would transform it to to speak to teen issues and things like mm-hmm. things like that and let them act it out. And, and I found that some of them can sing. And one of the young ladies that was in that program was Alicia Keys. And uh, coming all the way from 43rd Street and 10th Avenue up there to the South Bronx to mm-hmm. participate. And I saw a lot of those, those young lives from gang members, from Bloods and Crips, and at the time Zulu Nation, and all these guys get touched and transformed because they found that a... a a gentleman named Conrad Robinson and a whole bunch of other parents mm-hmm. cared enough mm-hmm. to invest their own time in their lives. So I would say with those young people, with the music stuff, it was just being available and, and, and willing to just be there yeah. and mm-hmm. not really look for anything out of it. Just, just to be there and, and say, God, as a guidance welcome. counselor, you, you, you were probably touched more with the, I don't, I'm going to say the infirmities of uh, some of these young people because you got the, I mean, you saw them every day. You saw the situation. You I saw the facts and you lived it. I went, perhaps. I grew up in the South Bronx. I grew mm. up in the projects. I watched, um, I was one of those kids. Mm-hmm. I watched um, my mother, who was an alcoholic, um, be out to three or four in the morning when I was 11 years old and people would knock on the door and say, your mother's laying on the steps mm. and things like that. I've been through that. But I also watched the same woman struggle and uh, go to work functioning alcoholic 
working for the Board of Ed as a wow. paraprofessional. And um, in 1976, uh, she went from drinking one day to some guy sharing Christ with her and never drank again after wow. one day. And um, I watched her life transform and, and watch it trickle down to the rest of us, the seven of us in the house. And and the funny thing is, before she did that, there was one teacher, and his name was Mr. Rose. And he's, he knew my mother was an alcoholic. And I was a big guy in the fourth grade. But this guy would grab me by my neck and he would hit me with a rule on my knuckles. But the same guy would take me to a Nick game. The same guy would take (laughs) us all out to dinner. The same guy would listen to me talk and cry and embrace me Mm. and and all the other kind of stuff. And I think from him is why I felt I need to invest back in young people because Mm. that guy was a start of, of the, of what I've been trying to do with my life, which is just give back to people and, and be open to what God wanted to do. So in that cracking of your knuckles, he was disciplining and discipling you. (laughs) Everything, man. Everything. He was hugging me and holding me and listening. Yeah. Yeah. Because we think we have all the answers. Yeah. Yeah. And I needed somebody to listen to me, you know, because I didn't know how to handle stuff. We are just scraping the surface here. There's a whole lot to Conrad Robinson. We're going to be right back right after this quick break. Robinson, just heard a little bit of your story growing up. That's that's phenomenal. It's phenomenal, and it's. I love the fact that, uh, and it's, I think this is something our young this generation miss, misses. Uh, in fact, the past two generations perhaps didn't get enough <laughs> didn't get enough of knuckle crackling, cracking, mm. and uh, enough of discipleship at a game or something because it's it's crucial. I mean, there was a time, and you know, I shared it not too long ago in a class uh, in, a, in a workshop where uh, you know, if I ever disobeyed my mom and she got on me. By the time I got to the family cookout, everybody knew it, <laughs> yeah. right? And you yeah. got there, and all your aunts had to, yeah, you know, you had to get say. part two, part three, yeah. but it just wouldn't end, you know? <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's how you started the cookout. So yeah. you kind of got out of the car yeah. waiting for, uh, you know, the you extended, yeah, the extended discipline. But it so curbed, curbed me so that, I mean, even now, my mom is 77, and, and I've got the utmost respect for her, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and I've got my own nickels and dimes, my own house and wife and children, you know. Yeah. But still, an ultimate, you know, and a, a, a great respect for her. So uh, uh, I think it's wonderful. And, of course, we're seeing the fruit of, of, of that kind of discipline, that kind of correction, that kind of tapping of the rudder in our lives. I, I went to see a, a play, a reading the other day called 
innocent rage. <laughs> I think I've heard of it. You've heard of it? Yeah, I think I got an email or something or a text around midnight one night uh, before it happened. All right, all right. I was a little and, late getting you the I'm going to tell you, the, 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 the reading, it, it made me think of Teens in Motion because, mm. um, man, I just think that, I hope I'm not offending anyone, but I think the church needs to be more relatable, man. I oh, think, absolutely. I think, I think, I think this, to give general answers to young people, or, or even unsafe folk. I, I think they're looking. They want to know, you know. And, and and I read a lot of articles that the people are walking away from the church and and the emerging of other uh, of people who don't believe in any kind of religion and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I, I think we we kind of stand our ground and we take our position. But I I think if we will be more open to to hear what their concerns are mm-hmm. and be willing to. Not just bypass those concerns, but kind of address those concerns and speak to those concerns. Then you may have a, a audience, a larger audience that's willing to accept Christ, you know. But I think the church is afraid, mm. and I think we need to, you know. Israel Holden has a song about coming from the outside, but we need to come out from the inside, inside and yeah. really go out there yeah. and and kind of give it. And, well, isn't and that what share. the church is supposed to be doing anyway? Yeah. I mean, if we sit here and come together every Sunday and just preach to each other and then never do anything on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yeah. outside of our, the confines. Because I think the, the, the full impact of the church is realized when the church scatters, not mm. when it gathers. That's you know, right. Gathering is where we come and we kind of edify each other, we kind of get filled up. But the impact of the church is, happens when we scatter, when we go our different ways, when we go to our homes, when we go to our jobs, when we go to our neighborhood, when we go to the local store on the corner. That's where the impact of the Church of Jesus Christ is fully realized, and uh, somewhere in our psyche, like like you said, uh, we've kind of stayed within, and 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 are doing less of going out. I've been privy to some of these studies as well with regards to people walking away from the church, and I'm finding. Of course, there's always another study that mm-hmm. shows the absolute antithesis of that, mm-hmm. but I'm finding that there are more churches now. Go figure. Uh, in the history of America, there are more churches in existence and the churches that exist now are, are much larger in size Mm. and in membership and in number than there ever was in the history of this country. So there's something wrong with these two, these two studies. Who are those people that are going to these large churches? Right. Exactly. That's, that's the question. Is it it people that are migrating from one church to another church church? or another? Or, or, you know, I mean, I go to a lot of leadership conferences, Mm -hmm. get to sing at a few places. Um, But I think, I think we, we seek, the Bible says that, um, we should get a, another comforter. The Holy Spirit is a comforter. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think Christians are seeking to be comfortable and mm-hmm. we don't need a comforter because mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to sure. be comfortable. Yeah. Right. And and I think that uh, we need to kind of, we need to get dirty. We need, we need to really get dirty and, mm-hmm. and, and get out there and, mm-hmm. and share. So I think what he's doing with the innocent rage um, uh, play um if he takes that to, to different locales like schools mm-hmm. and, and where those young people yeah. are, not necessarily the churches, and 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 but take those young people from the churches and let them learn how to give and to share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, probably prepare them before they go out because I think half of them don't even know what they believe. Sure, I sure. also think most of them have grown up in church because their parents got saved and they grew up in church, but they don't really have a quite, they don't have an understanding. Right. It's family or, tradition. Yeah. Exactly <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And I think they need that understanding and then they can go out and impact their peers. But I just think that 
we have to have a plan and actually move and, and do some things. And I think that's how we worship God. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think worship is attributed to just singing mm-hmm. or, or setting up the preaching. Mm-hmm. But I think worship is much more than, than that, that. much Absolutely. more than that. And I think it's outside of the church where it's really, really a, a, a real worship. Right, right. Where you're glorifying him in your, on your job, in your home, um, wherever you're at. Lifestyle, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Lifestyle. Let's let's go back because because you are this. You obviously have a passion for young people. When at what point do you look at a person you're working with that you're working with? And you say, okay, there's something there. There's 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 something beyond Billy. You know, he's not just your average kid, or she's not just your average girl, uh, Billy Jean. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, and you, you see this person, and you hear them. At what point do you re- do you start to recognize a talent? Are they singing for you? Are they just singing in the yard? Uh, does somebody recommend them to Conrad, or does somebody say, Conrad, I've got this young talent over here. I think there's something here. We want to develop this person. When do you get contacted, and then what role do you play? Well, um, a, a lot. Of, I don't really go looking for talent anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, people call me up, and and they say I have this one or that one. And since I'm connected with a, a couple of different record labels and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It, it kind of happens like that. I, I think pe- my reputation precedes, that, you. That precedes me, <laughs> but it may not be accurate. But <laughs> people, think, people think that I can make things happen. I, I, uh-huh. I believe that I have some influence on, on, on some things. Um, but people call me up and they say I have this artist or that artist, and I listen to the artist. Um, but I don't really go by just singing, mm-hmm. you know, I just think that there has to be something else that, and it has to be a natural part of you. And it's kind of like the it factor, Mm -hmm. you know? So with Alicia, we, she had the it factor. Mm -hmm. I don't think Alicia Keys was the, I don't think Alicia Keys was the best singer. Mm -hmm. Right. I think Alicia was average. I said it. I think Alicia (laughs) was average singer, but Alicia had a swag with her. Uh huh. And her conversation when she was not singing was just special and, and, and the way she would relate. So when we did our audition for Clive Davis and, you know, we didn't have any money. We just kind of brought everybody together. Mm-hmm. You know, she was just a 15-year-old girl supposed to sing, but she, she's talking and she's sharing. And she starts to sing, say, hold up, hold up. I, I just need this to be special for you, Clive. And she drinks the water. I want you to sit there. And when I finish, you're going to have a smile on your face. That kind of stuff, <laughs> that kind of stuff is just very, very important. And so yeah. when I look at artists, I kind of look for that. I have a friend who does the auditions for The Voice at the Javits whenever they come over here. Uh-huh. And I, I said, well, how many people show up for your auditions? And she said about three or 4,000. And how many people are you trying to leave with from each area? Two. And she said out of three or 4,000, maybe 500 of them can really sing. Right. So how do you separate? Same thing I just said. I look for that something special. Mm-hmm. Maybe it might be kooky. It might be wacky. But right. there's just something else that goes beyond the singing ability. But the reality is there's always going to be somebody better than us. There's always yeah. going to be somebody who can outsing us. That's right. But I think what you said is is, is key is that, that there's a character that comes with that talent. That's right. There's a... Uh, personality, right. you know, uh, there's some characteristics that you, that are outside of the ability mm-hmm. to sing that come mm-hmm. with that. What good is it if you can sing great, but you got a funky attitude? That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, and nobody can tell you anything or nobody can talk to you. Uh, and so if a Conrad does come, he can't tell you, you know what, that, that E flat, you don't always hit it. You're always a little flat, you know, and then she takes, she cops her attitude at that. That's right. So what good is it? So, so I, I totally agree that, uh, <laughs> 
she's an average singer. <laughs> but there is something about her. Right. She walks into a room. Mm-hmm. She walks onto, onto a stage. Uh, when she sits down at the piano, there's something about her yeah. that stands out. And every industry person has obviously agreed that there's something about this girl that uh, is different. But back to your original question. So when an artist comes to me and and stuff, my, my role at that point is to kind of develop them and mm-hmm. try to connect them with the right people that can bring them the right music and, and things like that. And, you know, like kind of like with David. David is very, very good with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, I don't know if he wants me to say, but David used to work with me in the record industry. Uh-huh. And... Uh, uh, at first, he was assisting me, and then he t- kind of took my bumped me out oh the way because he was doing a lot better than me. <laughs> I, th- I think he's amazing. His ideas are amazing, and he develops talent very, very well. And uh, the thing I like about my brother Ham here is that uh, David made sure that he shared Christ, no matter if it was an unsaved person or a Christian artist or whatever. He modeled it, and and I, and I thank God for that. Um, people still remember David and. Just what he lived in front of them. Uh-huh. So when it, we, we we're doing something at MBK Entertainment, Glory to Glory Records, which is the gospel label that I run. MBK. MBK is my brother's keeper. Uh-huh. That is the secular label, and then we have a gospel branch called Glory to Glory Records, and uh, the group on Glory to Glory Records that we have signed is called Lavray. Uh-huh. Uh Which is no, I've been checking them out. Oh, you, oh, you have. Oh, online. Yeah, yeah they've oh, got a couple things online. Sometimes. Okay. Yeah, you got to come back with them. Yeah, yeah. You'll uh, love. I'd love to love to talk to them as well. Yeah, I can bring them over. You'll love Lafrey. Now, now where do they come from? I, I know we jump. The, I mean, just jump from the Bronx, from the okay. South Bronx. Now, are these people you've worked with, or you just kind of discovered them, or somebody contacted you about them? How'd that happen? I work with a couple of singers from the group, and uh, they told me that they were part of another group. And that was about six years ago. And then I went in and heard them at a church in the Bronx. And I fell in love with them. And, uh, you know, worked with them for a little while. Mm-hmm. Gave them some ideas vocally. But they're amazing. They're amazing arrangers and writers. And yeah. they come up with their own stuff. Great, great talent. And you, they'll take Andre Crouch songs and kind of twist them up and, yeah. and, and, and do their own thing with them. And they just, they're just phenomenal with it. Right. And, and they're in demand. <laughs> They're going to be on, on a controversial show tomorrow, yeah. on Monday, uh-huh. yep. and uh, it's not Jerry it's, Springer. It's causing a lot of it's kind of, it's causing a little noise in the Christian community. But um, yeah. now, let me let me uh, ask you about that because that's that's a that's a tender box, yeah, for some people. Yeah, you 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 have a Christian label, you have a secular label, you have a Christian group that you work with who was not always ministering in a Christian environment. Yes, sir. For some, for the person on the outside looking in and saying, you know, for this, for the Christian who says you, you're supposed to be a Christian and, and you're only supposed to do Christian stuff. I mean, what's what's your response to that? Conrad's, Conrad Robinson's personal response, me as me just singing, uh, that's all I do. Mm-hmm. I do Christian Christian in churches and and things of that sort. I, I think though that if a Christian artist is to fulfill his calling. He needs to do what Christ is instructing him to do. And and, and I think that, like for the group Lavray, man, uh, audiences of all types respond to Lavray. Yeah. And, and, and they we, we've placed them in, in different... They've opened up for Alicia Keys. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I kind of feel, even though uh, Alicia's songs are wholesome and that kind of stuff, they... they um. 
they're like a light in that spot, mm-hmm. you know. And, and and the people that will not come to a church, the people, that, excuse me, people that will not come to a church will 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 listen to them. And I really believe that that seeds are planted, and 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 some some people talk to us afterwards, and and others, I believe that God will send someone someone along. He says no man comes unless he draws them, mm-hmm. and but. We need to be there to kind of to spread the word. And so we kind of in different environments and God has opened that door. It's kind of like me being at Uptown Records and me working in different atmospheres. And I believe that I'm a light then. I believe that the people that go out there are a light and and they need to be there. They need to be there. I think the church is going to make statements. I think the church, some people will love it and some people will be, that's too radical for me. There's a group of people, young men at my church in the Bronx now. There's about, they're all motorcyclists and it's, and it's, uh, 10 guys and they have these motorcycles and they have the jackets mm-hmm. and, it, and it has a big scripture on the jacket. It's Ephesians. I can't remember what the scripture is. Something about the least of these or something mm-hmm. like that. And they go to, they park their bikes in front of bars and they park their bikes in front of other motorcycle places and they wait there for people to come out and they start sharing Jesus. And mm-hmm. they got a, they set up a table and they sit there and they share Jesus <laughs> and they have food out there and they go all over the place. So I'm outside my church and some people in my church have never seen these guys because they just started about six months ago. And they're like, what is this? Who is this? And once I said, well, they're sharing Christ because there's a bar right on the corner. They're sharing uh-huh. Christ with those guys coming out the bar. And they were like, I don't agree with that. Well, Why? Look at those motorcycles. Look what they have on. What does that represent? Right, but it says in Scripture, I don't care. That's ungodly. And this and that. It's like the devil rode Christ is not a thug. Is God a thug? <laughs> it's not a thug. I, what, the, the bottom line is they're sharing Jesus and these people are talking. To uh-huh. So, I'm, I don't, you know, so I think you need to do what God's called you to do and, right. and, yeah. and, and, and he'll deal with you later if you're off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, man, that's good. One of the things that I remember when I came on board, with you at MBK, um, you shared with me a lot. I mean, I just, I gleaned so much from you through those years. Um, but one of the things that I really gathered from you was understanding that when you come into an environment like that, it's not as a believer and someone in the faith, don't attempt to blend in. You need to just stand out and be different. Mm-hmm. And um, and I remember you just kind of just sharing those principles with me and just, and still, I mean, I think we had a conversation about it the other day about, you know, just you say like you said, just listen. Don't forget, there's going to come a point where you're going to want to just kind of just go with the flow and blend in sometimes because it takes the pressure off. Obviously, if you just mm-hmm. you come into a mainstream or secular environment, environment, blend in, be quiet, be cool, you know. Or do you stand out and be a light, and do you be that different person in the room, in the conference room, in that meeting? Be that one that's different when everybody else is like, yes. Love this new record. I can't interrupt you. I'll be honest, man. Yeah. David Ham is in demand over there. With the the motorcycle gang? No. (laughs) At the record label, he's in in demand. I'm not talking about the gospel side either. Whenever there's an issue, it's called David. Mm -hmm. Right? And David hasn't worked in a few years, but they just remember David's integrity. They remember... You know, sometimes a prophet is without honor in his own country because sure. I've been there a long time, so it's like they're used to me. Oh, that's Conrad. He's a goody-goody. He never does stuff. But David was just a, such a light there and being such a young guy that 
the people at the label, if they're going through personal problems, like call, can you call David and ask David, could he pray for us? Could you call David to come and share? Could you call David mm-hmm. all the time? Um, they're looking for um, someone to mentor LaVray. Who do you think David is available to? So I just think it's very, very important that we are in those environments mm-hmm. because we do stand out. Right, if we right. live it, if we're not afraid and we're bold, this guy was always bold with the gospel there. Mm-hmm. And I think if we do it, man, we can impact so many people. Again, I think the church is afraid. And I, I think the church is afraid of con- being contaminated, mm-hmm. and, and 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 we need to be contaminating them. We need to be turning the world upside down. Oh, that should be good. our reputation. But I think <laughs> yeah. we're nervous about being contaminated because we're still struggling with some stuff, uh-huh. and we don't want to admit it. Yeah, you know. So my vocal coaching in the old well, before we moved our office was inside the office, and some of the church, some Christian people, I vocal coach, and it was one time we were there, and the brother was like. Wow, there's a lot of beautiful women in here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't be here. Exactly. I think, I think that's the problem. I uh-huh. think, I think we're so worried about stumbling and messing up and stuff like that. Mm. We can't, we're not trusting God that He's able to keep us. Mm, able he's to keep he's you, able yeah. to, you know, he, he, he got us. Just stand up and, and, and God got you. And yeah. I think, you know, thank God for the few that are willing to be out there. So, you know, I'm applauding LeVray for being willing to step out and go yeah. into environments and, Deal with the flack that they're getting on on Facebook right now and mm-hmm. deal with it. Deal yeah, with it. But if you yeah. feel this is what God has called you to do, go and do it. And he'll work out the other stuff. We're going to take another break and come right back with our guest, <laughs> Conrad Robinson, right after this. While my clothes, I don't use anything but Nature's Bounty Soap Detergent. If you're having trouble sleeping, you just might need a Cloud Nine mask. Searching the airwaves for something meaningful to listen to these days? Well, on 570 AM, Times Square Church meets every Sunday night from 6 to 7.30, right in the comfort of your own living room. You will be blessed with preaching from God's Word, worship with the Times Square Church Choir, and awesome testimonies of lives that have been changed and are now being used for God's glory. So come and join us every Sunday night from 6 to 7.30 p.m. on 570 AM. We also stream live on the web at tscnyc.org. Hey, we're back with TSC Music with a Mission, and we're having a great conversation. Greg Thomas here, and with our guest, Conrad Robinson. Man, thank you so much. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm just thinking back on earlier that you shared um, as we were talking about your gifts and then you you steered us away and began to talk about yes but this is my passion you made a real distinct difference between the gifts that were making room for you and then but here's my passion and um, my question would be is how do you balance out uh, the gifts that you have and all of the doors that are opening for you and your gifts and you can clearly go in this way but then as you've shared with us, but here's my passion and how do I apply my gifts to the passion I have and make and see those doors open? How, how do you balance that? I'm not in pursuit of being famous. I'm not in pursuit of the dollar. I'm willing to be in my little space. I know what God has called me to do. And it's not just about young people. It's about, it's about people. And and. I, I just know that um, whatever gifts and talents that I finally recognize, that I have finally recognized, that 
is to be used for, for ministry. And um, I've walked away from the music industry three times. There are times where, where I was considered foolish for doing that. Um, I was this multi-platinum artist. I was her manager for a long time. And I walked away from the money. I walked away from it all. And I said, y'all keep it. I feel that God has called me to do this. And um, and I'm confident that's what he called me to do, mm-hmm. And it, which is to reach out to, to young people. I told Dave, um, I'm turning down certain situations right now because I feel like God has told me to wait. Mm. I just told him that in the, other, in the room. God has told me to wait, and I'm waiting on him, and I'm, I'm asking him for direction. I'm in school right now, um, just doing hermeneutics and other things and just trying to get some, some understanding, uh, better understanding of what I believe and, and stuff like that. I used to think I knew it all, but I realize, realize I don't. Mm. And um, I'm also trying to fall more in love with with God. And, and I, I recognize that I'm not as close as, as I desire to be. Mm. And, and since I recognize that and I feel a pulling, uh, I'm, I'm trying to develop that relationship with them that I, I, I felt I feel like I've had formally. You know, a lot of times this could be just head stuff. Head knowledge, yeah. And, and not heart stuff. And, uh, um, you know, I, when I lead praise and worship and when I pray, I met a young lady. I've been dating a young lady. Hallelujah, finally. <laughs> so I've been, I've been dating. Yeah, I've been dating. I've been dating a young lady. And, you know, again, I share Christ with people. Um, I study the word just to because I know I have to use it. But when I met this girl. She studies the word because she wants to know and embrace her father more. It's not for anything else. And if he uses it, hallelujah. She she prays because she, her, her, the way she expresses it is, man, I have an opportunity to talk to this great God. And she's like, Conrad, how would you? What would you do if you knew that you can get on the phone with Barack Obama? What would you do? Would you be excited about it? I said, yeah, I could share with him anything I wanted, tell him the needs of the community, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, the greater than Barack Obama, you have an opportunity to talk to him, to spend time with him, to That's be in good. his presence anytime you want. Why aren't you excited about that? That's good. That's good. <laughs> Yo, that kind of changed my, 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 my... She got prettier all of a sudden, right? Yeah, it changed my whole world. Like, you know, so when I lead worship, for example, it's not just singing songs. I feel like, you know, we say we're in the presence of the Lord. But I actually feel like he's physically there. I'm mm-hmm. in his throne room, and I'm singing just to him. And he's like, like you're yeah. sitting there? It's like he's right there. So my whole, That's the good. way I praise and worship now is I'm not worried about, is my voice cracking? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I can't sing at 9 o'clock in the morning. I can't wait to, because <laughs> they tape our our little broadcast at nine instead of eleven thirty, mm-hmm. and I want them to tape at eleven thirty because my vocal is better. <laughs> all warmed up, right? Huh? Yeah, you know, warm, you, know how, you know what I'm saying. It's a little better, but they do it at nine. But now I'm not. I'm, I don't care about that now. Yeah. now. Ever since she's been talking to me, I just see things differently, and so I, I'm just excited. I'm excited about my passion and how the, the the gifts and talents that he gave me kind of flow with it. With my passion now, and yeah. and giving it to other young people and and whoever's and God opens up the doors, and if, if God uses them in a great way, if He uses Lavray or Alicia or whoever, I mean, I'm, I'm applauding them and I'm thanking God, and I feel like it's me up there because I know I poured into their lives, and yeah. I thank God for their achievements. You know, uh, with the Teens in Motion program, I encourage those young people, whatever, whatever 
your dream is or your passion is, I'll help you pursue it. You know, I'll help you pursue it. If I can open up a door for you, then I, and I'll do it. I don't have to. You don't have to give nothing back to me. I just want to see you mm-hmm. succeed and be successful. And then I want you to know Christ. And, and I share with all of them. And, and my hope is that again, that a David Ham or whoever comes along and they kind of bring it on home. Right. And so I know I work to hand in hand with other people. And so, you know, that's what I want to do with my life. Yeah, good. You so you, you've walked away from the industry. You've walked away from all that the industry could or promises to offer. And in, in some cases to pursue uh, this desire that the Lord has placed in your heart. And now you're going deeper with that. Uh, and you got this girl thing going on. So it's like really deep. Uh, <laughs> we ain't so, got to stay there. So, it's a whole other level of, uh, but, but, but how great, man. I mean, how, how great is that? But, but here's the thing you're, you're doing your passion. You're, you're doing, and, and you're using your gifts to pursue your passion, yeah. which is for the sake of, for the cause of Christ, see lives changed. Now, when you now, and let me and let me just go into another area of Conrad sure. for a moment. Uh, as a choir director, a vocal coach, uh, worship leader, a lot of times people f- think that you just kind of walk into the building, you sit down at the piano, and, and it just happens. You know, God just kind of oh, opens the heavens and then drops all these songs into you. Take us behind the scene, and I was going to do this, but I want you to do it. Take us behind the scenes of what, how do you prepare, because you're leading worship week after week after week after week. What is it that Conrad Robinson and people like Conrad, worship leaders, choir directors, how do you prepare for Sunday, 9 o'clock, Sunday, 1130? How do you, how do you, and then how do you cleanse your mind, if I can call it that, Mm. from all the cares of the week so that when you go before this audience of one, you're not distracted by Saturday, Friday, Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Monday's week, but in fact encouraged by that week. I think the worship begins with me personally early, early, early on in the week. Mm-hmm. And um, and it happens, I don't know if I should say this, in my bathroom. And, you know, I'm... <laughs> I, I'm there, and well, I, at least twice a day, right? Yes, and I'm sing- <laughs> but I'm there and I'm singing, and and you know it's funny because when I pray, I kind of sing, pray uh-huh. a little bit, and that's how the prayer happens for me. I kind of sing, pray, and as I'm singing, praying, the worship just starts to happen, and I get all sorts of melodies and and songs and, and stuff like that, and so it. I just kind of let let the let the Holy Spirit minister to me at the moment, mm-hmm. and so I already have the songs I'm going to sing for the rest of the month and what I'm going to speak to and and, and things like that because I kind of share and and, and, and I, I try to be an arrow kind of pointing to Jesus. So it's like mm-hmm. don't even look at me, don't don't pay me no mind. Just kind of you know just 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 go with me and, and take the ride and then go for it, you mm-hmm. know, and, and things like that. But it, it's it's kind of spent. Time spent in my devotions, which I do on a regular basis. By the way, I'm a part of a, a devotion hotline two days a week, two nights a week, mm-hmm. from 10.30 to like 12 at night. It might be hard if you're married, but 10, 10.30 to 12 at night with about 28 young people, wow. right? And, wow. and these are young people that are in the music industry and not in the music industry. And what they get on there and they, they share 
the word with each other, and they're from all sorts of churches all over the country, and they share the word together, and they, they share their hearts, and they get encouraged, and things like that. And those devotions that they share, and some of them share it from other people's writings, and some of them just share a scripture, and they kind of just go. And I kind of carry that stuff with me in my heart during the week and, and stuff like that. And I, I, and I ask God just to give me something, you know, to, to share with the people that I go up on the mic in front of because I feel that they're a captive audience for the moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I may never see them again after that. And it's very, very important that I'm prepared to, to, to allow him to flow through me for that particular moment. Mm-hmm. And each Sunday I get up is... is is special, and I kind of treat it. And David could tell you because I kind of go a little wild. Um, I, I'm a little different, <laughs> explosively wild. I'm a little different on the stage. Well, we're we're going to hear a little bit of that. I'm a little different on the stage. But the fact of the matter is, I um, I I I just say, God, do what you do. And yeah. and before I would be very concerned about the pastor doing this. <laughs> Checking the watch. Checking for those the watch. Of you that can't see what he's doing right now. Or I would be very concerned about the facial expressions of folk, mm-hmm. you know. But now again, it's like God. This is this is all you, and whatever you use me, whatever you want to do, just do it and flow through me. Uh, I don't know if that answers the question. No, I think it does. And what? you said it earlier that uh, in your preparation, I mean, it's it's Monday, It starts early in the week. Yes, it does. You know, and so you don't just get up Saturday and say, okay, I got to get nah, ready for tomorrow. Nah. It, and I don't just a, pick songs out of a hat and say, okay. Right. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. You know, and, mm-hmm. and I think that's important for And we see it here all the time that we, you know, we don't prepare for worship on Sunday morning mm-hmm. as if worship didn't happen on Saturday or Friday or that's any right. other day of the week. It's that's every right. day. It's mm-hmm. the consistency, uh, the constancy, rather, of a life of worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can't be a worshiper unless you have a life of worship. That's I mean, right. otherwise, you you know, you're just a Sunday holy roller. And mm-hmm. then, you know, Monday, <laughs> you're back to your old tricks and routine again. You or know, you're just so. singing. Oh, you're just singing. You're exactly. just singing. And I know there's a thousand singers a lot better than what I do. Mm-hmm. And it's, but I know it's more than just singing. Yeah. It's yeah. more than just singing. Yeah. What is your most favorite thing as a vocal coach, choir director, worship leader, when you're sitting at that piano or guitar or whatever? Do you play piano? Of course you do. No. No? All right. Well, when you're singing. I need guys like you to play for me. I'm sitting just now thinking about the dynamic duo that could come out of the podcast. You know, when he was singing, I've never seen you before, but but until that, that conference, and when he was singing the very first day of the conference, I was like, "Man, that guy sounds good." And then I was, I was all the way in the back, yeah, right, because I didn't have the suit and tie on. And I had the sneakers on, like I had oh, now. So you know, you know. And so I'm sitting in the back. I'm hearing the voice. I'm looking. I'm like, "Do I know this guy? This voice sounds very familiar." And then I seen the shape of your head, right? So I'm like, "I thought you were Calvin Hunt or a couple <laughs> other people." You know Calvin Hunt? Yes. I was like, "Is that Calvin?" Right, because I hadn't seen this guy for years. I'm like, whatever. But I just felt the, the anointing and, yeah. and, and the, the Holy Spirit was just moving. And I took it back to my church, and I was saying to them, man, you guys got to come with me to a worship service at Times Square mm. Church because it, it was just it was, it was just incredible. Oh, praise God. It was God. Thank really, you. really incredible and powerful. Thank you. It really was. But when you're preparing, <laughs> let's go back to Conrad. Sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when, you, when you're... The, the word, I guess, the word I'm looking for is is fashioning the vocal styles of a, an Alicia Keys or whoever. Um, 
what are some of the main things? What are some of the consistent things that you do with every vocalist? I mean, is it vocal training? I mean, is it breathing? Is it uh, you know? Yeah, what is, you what work on. You, you I mean, you do the vocal exercise stuff. You work mm-hmm. on, on 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 the breathing techniques. You work on the rhythm. You work on show them how to raise and lift their upper palate. That, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Get them to understand certain terminology, like what is resonance. Mm-hmm. And, and the areas of resonance and, 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 and things like that. You kind of work on, the, the, on their ear right. and stuff like that. And also kind of like um, connecting with the song, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah, yeah. a lot of times you could just sing songs and do all the notes right, and, but you don't believe it. It's right, like you're nobody not believable. believes it. Like, what is that? Exactly. You know, it's like you're just singing lines. What is that? You might as well sing. Never mind. But I won't say what I say. <laughs> but, you know. It's just, I'm eating the Frankfurt of the, I'm eating the Frankfurt of the day, and it tastes so good. It's like, what is that? It doesn't mean anything. Right. It's not, you know, that's what, you know, you could say Amazing Grace, but it doesn't mean nothing. Right. So it's, how do you connect with the song? That kind of stuff, you know? Um, um, when you, when you get up to sing, this is your opportunity, Christian singer, to kind of, you're, you're like the preacher for the moment. This is your stage. This is your spot. You're not the setup person for the, the the spoken word dude. That's right. You this is your time to minister. You are the minister. You are the light. You are the representative of Christ at that moment in time. Yeah. And you need to let him do that. I think we kind of mistake what the whole worship experience is about. Mm. You know, and so uh we're not the warm up. Right. We're not exactly. the warm up. Exactly. You know, so Yeah. Well, we gotta we got to do this because no guest has ever come here that's a singer, especially a vocal coach, somebody who's worked with Alicia Keys, for goodness sakes, and not, and sung, not, sing. And not sing something. That's you know. right. Uh, and many have done an acapella. And uh, and our engineer, he, he's not a man of uh, falsities, so <laughs> he's going to bring the little mini keyboard over to you. <laughs> I really don't play. You're going to have to play. I really don't play. But we we want you to send us out with one of your favorite choruses. Acapella. And the fool in his wonderful faith and the things of this world will grow strangely, strangely deep.
put the messenger before the message, we have failed to present an unblemished gospel. I'm Greg Thomas. Join us again next time on TSC Music with a Mission. Joy, my King, in what you hear, and let it be a sweet sound in your ear. We sincerely hope and pray that this podcast is a sweet sound in your ear. We also hope you'll join the conversation online because Music with a Mission doesn't end here. So check out TSC Music on Facebook to share your thoughts and get regular updates. Follow us on Twitter at TSC Music Tweet, and don't forget to use the hashtag MWM Podcast. Watch and share videos on our YouTube page at youtube.com slash TSC Music TV. And of course, you can always email us at music at timesquarechurch.org or visit the website tscnyc.org slash music. Portions of music in this podcast provided by TSC Music, produced by the director of TSC Music, Greg Thomas, mixed and engineered by Harry Vaughn, and I'm the project manager, Jesse Carrasco. Coming up next week, we'll hear from Pastor Bill Pass about the recent TSC Music Ministry workshops held at Church of Redemption in Agawam, Massachusetts.